Hello listeners, an unintended consequence of this week's uh, comings and goings, first off with the photography show being cancelled and then with the plan B being cancelled as well, is that in all those comings and goings, um, I've ended up with both the snapshot camera, the singular snapshot camera, I think at the moment from Steve Lloyd, I think it is the one production model in existence, and also a bit of free time to take it out and use it. Uh, so I've been doing exactly that today and I thought I'd let you know how that had all gone because it's a fun little camera I've never used anything quite like it before it's not a little camera at all um and also if you listen to this before the end of the weekend they're 10% off at the moment um which is a real bargain <laughs> for a 4x5 camera you can get one for 175 pounds which is a sweet deal um Anyway, before I headed out with it today, the first thing I did was gave Steve a call to have a quick chat about it and hopefully pick up a few tips on using it um, because, like I said, I've never used what is essentially a point-and-shoot 4x5 camera before. Let's see how that went. Morning, Steve. Hi, Graham. You okay? Uh, um, very good, thank you, mate. Very good. Um, I, I hope you don't mind me calling you, uh, you know, in the morning on a Saturday. It's not even 10 o'clock yet, so it's amazing I'm awake. But... Um, you kindly sent me down to play with this weekend your new snapshot camera, which for which I'm very grateful. You know, they say that every cloud has a silver lining. Um, the silver lining for the photography show getting cancelled. <laughs> I get to try out the snapshot uh, without anybody else getting to play with it at the same time, um, For <laughs> which might seem selfish, but, oh, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to pick your brains a bit with it because I've not used a... Uh, handheld 4x5 before and I think there's going to be some <laughs> tips and advice you can offer me so this one you sent me down is the yep. production model isn't it is the um it is yeah, yeah. Uh, first off it's a thing of beauty I really like it um thank you in natty purple this one uh I'm guessing is it going to be as with most of your stuff available in different color acrylics it is it's in it's in what eight different colors the the, the bellows plates the colours and the um, cover on the ground glass matches yeah. it as well. Very nice, very nice. So, um, to describe it quickly for listeners, uh, it is. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's a handheld four by five camera. Uh, size wise, it's probably. It's very hard because it's hard to know what people have held for. It's probably it's bigger than something like an Instax wide. But not massively bigger than an Instax wide, because Instax wides are pretty big. The one you sent me down has got a lens on your lens on it, which is a 90mm lens. Um, what range of lens sizes will these take? Um, from my own sort of measurements and drawing, it's anywhere between 65mm and 180mm. The bellows yeah. will, will cover. Um, so it gives you quite a wide range of, of choice. There is a there's a tripod thread in the bottom as well, so if someone did want to use, you know, uh, the longer lenses might be, <laughs> I don't know, maybe harder to handhold. Yeah. Um, but certainly it will it'll cover all the bases of, you know, the most common lenses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is the great thing about the system that you've developed for this, is that um, unlike some of the other offerings out there, uh, which are great and lightweight like this and fantastic for going out and um, getting into 4x5 shooting as cheaply as you possibly can and also as flexibly in terms of just throwing it in a bag and using it as can. This one, it's easy to use different lenses without needing to print up a different comb because as we talked about um, last week, to use a different uh, 
focal length you just need to replace the little metal bars that are the spaces which you know just the distance between yeah. the lens so um so I'm, I'm guessing that you're going to when you sell send these out to people they're going to come with the right spaces for the lens they want um and then yeah. if they want to buy different spaces i can't imagine that they're a particularly expensive thing to buy um no they're on the shop they're ready to go <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, um, it it looks great. It feels really nice in the hand. I'm I'm uh, always impressed by the quality of these things. I mean, I, you know, it, it's it feels like a really nice product. It's acrylic, so it's lightweight. Um, the bellows look great in it. I I I really like that with the metal. We were talking earlier about um, just for my initial questions, and the one thing I said oh, it'd be great if it had. <laughs> someone to put a camera strap on it and I think that's the thing you're going to look at is yeah. because um you know it, although it is nice and lightweight it is still a four yeah. by five camera so you can't there are times yeah. when you want to hang it there <clears throat> yeah we were just talking about me about having um a pair of strap plugs on the the left hand end of the body very similar to kind of fuji rangefinder mm. cameras yeah um also i think i'm partly swayed because for the last know, probably 10 years i've always used a, a black rapid type strap which goes into the tripod thread yeah. on pretty much every camera I've ah, used. Okay. Um, so I've had, you know, Mami and six four fives and things hanging off those straps as well and stuff. So I'm probably in my own design head, I'm probably swayed a little bit by that kind of strap. Sure. But I but I definitely say we were just talking about that where I mean the the, the body the, the main body itself is, is a printed unit. So I, I can, I'll add strap plugs onto the end before any production cameras are, are made. Yeah, yeah, that would be great because you know, like I said, the, the back is sort of nice and springy for getting your film in there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I think I need an extra hand for getting these in it, unless I'm <laughs> sat down somewhere. Um, nice, comfy grip. I mean, I've got nice big hands, but this is a nice, comfy grip for me to use. Uh, and in, you know, you sent me down this one ready to use, so it's got the lens, and also it's got the um, shutter release cable, yeah. which obviously. So those are the two things, along with film and and um, film backs that. People yeah. need to bring to the party with this, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. It doesn't come with a lens or a or a remote cable release. They're they're kind of photographer supplied. Yeah, um, we were talking a bit regarding the lenses uh, uh, before about the fact that um, potentially, if people have got uh, old folding six by nine cameras that maybe don't work quite so well, that that might even be a potential thing to stick on the front of this. Yeah, I mean the the flexibility of the bellows means I think I've always been a real big fan of experimentation. Quite <laughs> tell from how I've got my camera designed in mm. the end, um, but definitely you know I've got a lens here that's a, a one fifty four point five, which I don't know what it came off some kind of large folder I think, but that in itself actually covers four by five. You know that the, there's no movement on it; it doesn't really have that range, but it's great for the snapshot because it's it's a relatively small lens, but it you know it lets me shoot four or five. Um, with no movements anyway so yeah um i think i'm i'm definitely obviously if anyone's got any sort of questions a lot of these lenses don't have a lot of published specifications so there's going to be a certain amount of experimentation maybe before you you do order it to you know put the lens in front of a piece of paper and focus it and see how big the image projected is sort of as simple as that just to to judge just how big an image it does project um but again if you're using a roll film back on the snapshot um those lenses should should be fine yeah yeah um so other things about this camera one i love the fact it's got a spirit level 
Um, got a little bubble spirit level on the top because you see that it's got a tripod mount, so you can take this out and shoot. Yep. Um, it's um, important to note the tripod mount is um, landscape, isn't it? So it is, yeah. Because there's, there's just yeah. there's no room to put a tripod mount <laughs> to get on their no. portrait. Um, so if you're going to do portrait, you're going to have to hold it. But that's what it's or, built for. Or move your tripod ninety degrees. Or move your tripod. Hey, listen, you can do either of these <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's why you own the big bucks, Steve. Because you've always... the future. <laughs> the future. Um, the camera. So this one you sent me has a um, viewfinder on it. Is that something that's going to come with all the cameras? It's not. I, I, I sent it on yours. No, I was. That's one I picked up off eBay. It was a, oh, a generic okay. um, for a Ricoh GR1. It's described as. Um, it's a. It's an off-brand. It's not a Ricoh viewfinder. I picked up the other day just to try it out. It's. Um, obviously, the viewfinder would vary according to the lens yeah. fitted anyway. So, the fact that there's 90 on there in in large format sort of terms, it's equivalent to somewhere around 30 mil. Yeah. In, sort of 135. So that viewfinder being a 28 is only slightly wider. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got a ground glass on the snapshot anyway. Yeah. So you can compare the field of view. You can see it's you know it's not a million miles off. It's a good way just to get your eye in really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it definitely helps framing quickly you know having that you find just to give you a an idea but like say every lens um <clears throat> might be a will be a different focal length if you change that so there's there isn't one included with it it's um but there are so there's three there's three cold shoes built into the top um, of the the snapshot body yeah so you know cold shoe viewfinders bubble levels things like that are great and the i've been testing out the raveni labs light heater as well on yeah one of the hot shoes um, uh, cold shoes sorry so, do you mind if I ask the um, the viewfinder that you picked up, the one that was mm -hmm. um, for a Rico? Uh, was that a fairly cheap thing to pick up? Yeah, I think it was twelve pound. Okay, that's fairly cheap. I mean, it's just you a know, cheap plastic viewfinder, but yeah, that's great. Yeah, that seems it, like it's a... not a particularly exciting viewfinder. It, it's a very simple. I mean, I've, I've seen people printing there's things on Thingiverse to print a body to take the um, the viewfinder parts out of a Canon Sure Shot. I think it's the AF7. Mm -hmm. Um, I did look at that as well. So again, someone could print their own their own viewfinder body and take take that out of the little point and shoot because that's a, a thirty mil um, yeah. camera. So yeah, there's ways and means of, yeah. of viewfinders. I think speaking somebody who's speaking somebody who's not terribly handy and doesn't have access to a printer, the fact that one of those ways and means is just go on eBay and pay twelve, 12 quid uh, and get something that's uh, yeah. good enough. That's that's one because as you said, yeah. you know, it, I, I've done a bit of looking through the viewfinder and then looking through the ground glass and seeing, and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's close enough. I mean, obviously if you're shooting stuff closer up, um, yeah. you're going to get parallax error just as you do with any exactly. camera where yeah. you're not looking through the lens. Um, and, and I'm guessing that, uh, anybody who gets one of these cameras and, and gets the lens with it, the, the most important thing to do is spend some time with it, on a tripod, figuring out where the focus is. Um, you've marked, Actually, so on the helicoid, um, yeah, uh, you have put markings on here to aid with focusing. Um, you yeah. haven't put any other information at all, just markings. So I have no idea what these markings <laughs> mean. So maybe you could tell me because okay, I'm going out shooting yeah. with this. So today. if you, the, so what I've done is let's use a white acrylic pen to write on the the metal helicoid, which you can get off again. You know, so obviously between lenses you could have different colours. Um, if you're going to swap lens, the, the idea behind having the helicoid and the bellows mount is. You can switch lenses between it, put the different spacer in. So, you know, today I might want to use a 150, do that, and they've got all the markings on helicoid, or you can wipe them off and just redraw them. Um, <clears throat> if you, um, <clears throat> sorry, 
if you uh, wind the helicoid to, to its shortest point, that's obviously where you will get infinity. So there's a there's a mark on the, the front part of the helicoid, which stays constant. And then the, the rear part of the helicoid, there's a, there's a little white line that moves. So that's my infinity marker. Yeah. When they all kind of line up. And then if you keep turning the helicoid, what I've, I've marked it at um, 10 feet, 6 feet, and the helicoid all the way out on that particular lens is focused at 2 foot 6. This is one of the things... Closest. Yeah, this one is actually quite surprising. What did you say the closest was again? Sorry, I talked straight over you. Two and a half foot. <laughs> Two and a half foot. Because um, yeah. I'm currently waiting on Graham Young. Um, well, he's already said, it. I'm not waiting mm. on Graham Young. I'm waiting on him to send me um, his Kraken camera to try mm. out. And the bit that amazes me is the... Because I thought, well, okay, large format camera, all of this bellows movement. How does a helicoid, which is a small... Um, you know, yeah. how does that give you all of that range? And it completely does. I mean, two and a half feet to infinity—that's yeah. all of yeah. the range. Or two and a half feet to, to beyond infinity, isn't yeah. it? Even with the, even with the the kind of the, the larger chromas with the bellows and things, the actual movement in the lens isn't far. Mm. On all large format cameras, you know, if you picture when you focus any camera, that the elements don't move far, do they? Mm. So um, they don't. The bellows gives you obviously range of star points if you like for different lenses and longer lenses wider lenses but the actual movement is very small um the helicoid on the snapshot is goes between 17 mil and 33 mil sort of how long the helicoid is um so you know you've got less than 20 well yeah just under 20 mil of movement but that 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 covers like you say on there it covers the range easily yeah Um, i think it's the lens only actually moves I don't know, eight mil, ten mil, maybe between the closest and infinity. So, um, and all lenses are pretty much the same um, in design. They, yeah. they don't go far. Yeah, no, that's great. It was just interesting to learn these things. Um, mm. So, you've obviously been out and you shot with this camera. I'm going to assume because it's yours and you made yep. it. Um, before I head out today, what tips can you give me on getting the best results from it? Um. The the bubble level helps, obviously. You know, with with handheld cameras, the point is it's they're quick to use. They're kind of onto the point and shoot, but that's the idea. You know, you're not spending the time on the ground glass, even though you can. Not like the the sort of field cameras. So keep it level. That's what the bubble on the top it helps. Um, you know, you don't get any kind of distortion, any conversion lines, things like that. Um, and kind of just have fun with it. Have a little play. Use use the ground glass to get your eye in initially on sort of feel a distance that you like obviously with the 90 mil field of view it's quite wide on large format mm-hmm. um so you know initially i think it i think everyone i should i should digital as well you when you get a wide lens you kind of throw it the widest and you just take a picture of everything <laughs> and nothing um so kind of the ground glass helps because it lets you see exactly what you're getting in that frame you've got to get a bit closer maybe because it's a wide angle lens um and just find a find a distance that you like you know, focal distance, if you're going to walk, do the street shooting, is it going to be six foot? Are you going to be right in front of people, sort of a little bit in the face, or are you going to back off a little bit? Um, and I think having the ground glass lets you see it better initially. And once you get a feel for it, you start under, you start knowing kind of what your field of view is going to look like and what your image is going to, is going to come without having to think about it, really. Yeah. Um, but, like I say, just... just I suppose like anything, have a little play. Even if you just go around, literally don't even expose any film, just look 
on the yeah. ground glass and see what kind of compositions you're going to get first. Actually, um, on, on that, can I just ask you something? This is this is one of my favourite things to do is bother Steve with things that. Um, so, <laughs> looking on the ground glass is great, um, but obviously, if you're just out and about, especially if you're outside yeah. and you're using the camera, uh, you are going to struggle to see. I mean, obviously, we're working on the yeah. assumption you've got the lens open. Uh, it's not easy to see the ground glass unless you've yeah. got something covering it. Uh, what are the chances that you might make some kind of hood <laughs> to make that easier? Because like the, the what is great is that the um the protective cover for the ground glass has got these really neat notches on it. So I bet you yeah. could make something that could really easy. It's funny that, isn't it? I wonder why they're designed yeah. like that. <laughs> I wonder why it just slides on. Very um, cunning. Yeah. Um, uh, you know me well, mate. There's always something on the design table, isn't there? I've act- I have got something. Um, actually, I was testing out another basically bellows like a compendium bellows on the back um, mm-hmm. rather than a, a fixed kind of fold up yeah. screen that you'd like traditional Damn, style which, which, you, know, you could do as well um, I, I add another set of bellows because obviously the bellows on the snapshot are much shorter than the bellows on the yeah. the advanced or the carbon um, and they're great <laughs> on the back they fit perfectly um, they're not in your face they fold down flat when you stick them in a bag but you don't need kind of hinge mechanism and things that's I've I've been working on a kind of pop up cover for quite a while, long time and trying mm. to figure out a hinge mechanism that's kind of seems like a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> you want something that's relatively painless to make, but also is reliable. It doesn't sort of flop about and stuff. So, the idea of the bellows, I think, is probably the best one because also the the back is is the same on the the carbon and the advanced four by fives. So mm-hmm. They're all the same design, so it would switch between them all okay yeah that would um, be great that would be i so mean you could do that yeah um and being a bellows it'll compress to use a loop as well so yeah. if you you know you may not use a loop on a snapshot that's kind of you know it's there you can for your critical focusing but more so for the the field cameras i think yeah. having that that being able to compress it down and then you know stick it in your bag stick it in a pocket of the bag um it is something i'm working on it's not available yet um but it will be it'll probably be uh like a printed um, plate with the bellows attached to it. So it just slots in place of the cover. And it, to be fair, you could probably leave it on instead of the cover as well on the snapshots. Yeah. Um, for the size of it, it's not going to get in the way. Yeah. Like we were talking about putting in the bag and things, it'll just compress oh, and okay. protect the glass still. That's great. That's great. Because like I said, that was just one of those things I thought, like you said, most yeah. of the time when you're out and about using it, especially once you've got once you've got practice with it and you're out there and you know how it's going to behave and you yeah. can anticipate, yeah. then... That's not going to be much of an issue because you're not. It's not really. I mean, it, it's designed so you can use the ground glass as much as you want to. But I think if you, yeah, uh, uh, the joy of these kinds of cameras is that you just don't need to. You can just go out, look, and go, and, and be actually quite in the moment with it. Um, but especially for getting used to it, or if you want to do more precise photography, because I mean, with the exception of the fact that you don't have any movement, which is a large part of four by five, but you know. A lot of the pictures that I take on my four by five camera, I don't use the movements because a lot of them I just don't like. You don't you, you they're one of those things that you you use them because they're there. That's not a lot of the time, as yeah. opposed to using them because you need to use them. Um, so, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've got if you've got a good lens on the front of this, um, this is you're going to get amazing results from this camera, just as you would from any other four by five camera. Um, so yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, that's the idea behind it. You know, the, the days where maybe you don't want to, you don't have the time to go and use the field camera and do your movements and get all your kind of maybe more complex compositions. You know, you do just want to sort of grab and go, and that's 
that, that was the idea behind it, really. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a modern version of something like the speed graphic, isn't it? In terms of like, yeah, this, yeah. this is a, like yeah, a modern press that, yeah. camera kind of idea. And you know, and you can you can put a rangefinder on the top and get it all scaled up and marked up with what you're doing, so you can get as yeah. much precision as you want to that. Um, it's mm-hmm. great. I love it. Well, we should stop drawing because I actually want to go out and take some pictures with this. I will um, <laughs> I will hopefully record some more later <laughs> with my adventures on this. Um, the important thing, this is, I'm going to shove this up on Saturday night, he says. Um, I will do this um, because anybody who's interested in this, um, this weekend, because it was supposed to be the photography show, but now it isn't the photography show, but you're still <laughs> offering the 10% discount on um, all of your stuff. Is that right, Steve? All the cameras, the three cameras, yeah. Which means... any. That- any- uh, the snapshot is £175. Um, it is. Which is, uh, I think, pretty much the cheapest way you can pick up a 4x5 camera, <laughs> a new 4x5 camera. So. Yeah. Um, that's the price I paid for my 1960s lump of metal Ronald. Um, this is a lot lighter and more convenient than Ronald. I'm really looking forward to getting out and having a try with it. Um, uh, anybody listening to this on... Um, Saturday night or Sunday. I'm also going to be taking it over to uh, visit Paul Mackay tomorrow. We're going to be doing a live stream. I don't know how I got talked into this, but apparently <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, so you'll get to see the snapshot um, live and in person tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do some shooting with it. Um, but right now, I better go, one, because I need to go and um, take some pictures with it, and two, because I need to give Steve some money, because I'm absolutely buying one of his uh, Carbon Adventure cameras. <laughs> which is also on sale this weekend which is also on sale this weekend (laughs) listen we all love a bargain here (laughs) thanks very much Steve oh thanks Graham okay well I am officially out and about on patrol I'm a citizen on patrol with the snapshot camera um because yeah no well it's quite nice and I love this and I've got this and I've not got it for long and I'm gonna play with it for sure so I'm currently out in one of my clients' gardens because it's, I don't know, it's, it's quite a nice big garden. And although there's not much going on at this time of year, there's some nice trees and stuff. So I thought, I'm going to try and grab a couple of shots here. Um, now, all I've brought with me is the snapshot camera and some film uh, because I wanted to try and use it the way that most people are buying these um, lightweight handheld 4x5 cameras to shoot, which is just on the go. Um, and not with a tripod and all of that stuff. Um, whilst it'd be great for doing that, and I might have a go at doing it in the future just to sort of see what it's like and see what the results can get out of it. Um, I just wanted to give it a try, kind of run and gun as much as you can with a four by five camera. Um, and so far, I've already taken two pictures with it. I know this is incredible. Um, so Carl Bailey, who said I'd only, he uh, predicted I'd only shoot one frame could eat my butt. Um, anyway. How's it going so far? Well, as far as the use of the camera goes, um, great, loading film, really nice and easy. I, I talked to Steve a bit about the fact that um, part of the reason I thought, oh, it'd be great to get uh, strap lugs on here because I thought loading the film might be a bit awkward. You know, you'd need one hand to hold the camera and then pull the back open and then push the film in. Actually, that's not a problem at all. Um, you just kind of get the film at a bit of an angle into the thing, slop, and it goes. So that's no problem at all. I still want a strap on it. Uh, <laughs> it's still the kind of thing you definitely don't want to drop. And also it's the reason why the audio quality isn't great because I can't really hold a recorder and hold this camera um, and put it in the film. So I'm using my phone and a, 
an external mic, so apologies for that. Um, also, it's very windy, um, so this is going to sound like an episode of sort of whitewash. <laughs> so apologies for that in general. Um, sorry, Neil. Um, so, as I said, I'm just shooting it using the basic scale focusing, which Steve put on here, which, if memory serves me correctly, gives me um, distances of infinity, 10 feet, and 7 feet, I think he said. And then if you... Um, all the way forward you're down to two and a half feet uh, it's overcast here today i've got foma 100 in here which i'm rating at 200 just give me a little bit more speed um, and at 200 that's going to give me uh, a shutter speed of a 30th of a second at f11 because it's large format <laughs> so I, when you don't know when you can't or when i'm not focusing using the ground glass uh, I don't really want a super shallow depth of field, and even f11 is not going to give me much depth of field on large format. Um, but hopefully that'll be fine. And a 30th of a second, it's a 90mm lens on here, which on large format, I think Steve said was roughly the equivalent of 30mm. Uh, so hopefully hand-holding that should be quite easy. It's a nice lightweight camera, and it's nice and sturdy in the hand, so I don't think that's a problem at all. Um, using the viewfinder uh which steve talked about that he got on here just the 12 pound viewfinder from yeah i think it was ebay he said he got it um to frame shots up again because i'm mostly shooting stuff well i've shot two frames so far um one i've focused at roughly at infinity because it was about 30 feet away so okay i'm gonna go with infinity for that um one was about 10 feet away um so hopefully the parallax error shouldn't be too bad but you know with a camera like this um it's it is all about just trying it out to begin with <laughs> i wouldn't want to take a camera out like this uh and shoot it in the way that i'm shooting it on a critical shoot if i wanted to be sure of the results i'm going to get from this I'd have the cover off the back, be using the ground glass and getting it all set up, but that's not what this is meant for. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm having good fun with this. Um, I think I've taken all the pictures, all two of the pictures in this garden that I can be bothered to take. So I'm going to go in now in search of some other places. Uh, I've not got, let me see what I've got in the film here. So, okay, that's well, okay. So I've shot the two sheets of FOMA that I've got. Nice, relatively fresh. I mean, it's a few years old, but by my standards, that's pretty fresh. Nice, fresh FOMA. Um, what I have left, uh, and I have five sheets left loaded up, is some Delta 100, which is very nice, apart from the fact that this is the pack of Delta 100, which I got with Ronald, the camera, uh, which I've had for several years, and which had been living in an attic for several years before that. And when I went to take a sheet out of that pack and load these films up, they had all welded together into one solid block that I kind of had to bend and flex and crack to get apart. I'm sure that'll be fine. But like I said, this is the experimental phase of getting used to using the camera. So, I'm going to go and try and take a few more pictures and just see how I get on with it. Um, but yeah, just purely from a handling and being out and using it sort of angle, this is great fun uh, and way, way easier than going around with a field camera and a tripod. Uh, yeah. I was just heading off to somewhere else and I've just, I've just driven past a car whose parking is even worse than mine usually is. Um, so I, this is a kind of a perfect example of why something like the snapshot is great 
because it's just in the bag next to me. I'm going to get this out. I'm going to grab a quick picture of this. Oh, squeak! So, what the situation I've come across here is this is a quiet country lane, as one has in the quiet countryside. Um, and there's a river that runs alongside the quiet country lane. And this has been quite flooded along here of late. Uh, so the road's been blocked. Now, that could explain why cars were stuck in ditches and so on and so forth. What it definitely cannot explain is why there is a very bashed up BMW half in the river. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I suspect some use of uh, misdemeanors is my suspicion. Um, I think somebody pinched this, had a good time with it and then pushed it into a river which sucks for both the owner of the river uh, owner of the river i don't know whether rivers have owners uh, but it certainly sucks for the bmw owner um, although they are bmw owners so <laughs> sympathies waning um so i've got the delta in now boy oh boy that really is a mess. Yeah, smashed up windows, etc., etc. Um, it is still pretty dull here. I'm going to work on the assumption that the meter reading I took before is still more or less right. So Delta 100, old Delta 100. We can probably assume that maybe 50 ISO would be a better speed for this. Um, so I'm going to shoot this, um, let's say, F8 for around a 25th of a second. I mean, this is not perfect. This is not going to get the ideal shot that I would get if I had the right film and everything, but it's going to get me a shot, which is something I wouldn't get otherwise. Now, I'm going to look through the viewfinder. That's quite nice and wide. I reckon that's just over 10 feet away. Um, you know, I might actually... Seeing as I'm working with the shadow depth field, I'm just going to pop out the, pop out the cover on the back of the... Uh, ground glass and I'm going to just see if I see if I can see enough I mentioned earlier I was talking to Steve the fact that if you don't have a hood or something like that it makes seeing the screen pretty difficult um, because you know you've got light shining on it from all angles um, and uh, what have you but I'm going to try and pull my hood up over that and just get a roughly an idea of where the focus is on that. Just so at least some of it will be vaguely in focus. I don't have a loop with me. Luckily, as many of you will know, I'm very short-sighted. <laughs> so that helps with that. Okay, well that looks kind of roughly in the right zone. Click that off, set close back up. F8, 25th of a second. Bosh the film holder back in there make sure it's not the side i've already shot because i did whilst i was driving out the garden i stopped to take a picture of a tractor um that's just there uh and then make sure i take out the actual dark slide because that would be foolish say cheese bmw actually uh and get a slightly lower angle because you know drama oh yeah and cock the shutter 100% of the time that helps. There you go. Picture taken.
And now I can go and uh, jump back in my not submerged van and go and find some more pictures to take. Uh, I do, I am really enjoying the flexibility, the running gun nature of this car, of this car, of this camera. Um, incidentally, eagerly listeners may have noticed something odd about the last segment. Um, I referred to Steve as John multiple times. Clearly, my brain just decided that he was John Whitmore in my head and not Steve Lloyd. Um, but I will probably have seamlessly edited it so you'll never notice. Steve. I think if I was going to get this camera, I'm not sure purple would be the colour. I mean, it's okay, but purple is just not really my colour. So a bit brighter maybe, or black, obviously is always cool. Um, I look great in black, it's very slimming. Uh, right, let's go and find some more stuff to take pictures of. It didn't take very long to get through my few film holders. Um, so I'm back at base now, uh, back in the dark shed, because that's the nice thing about 4x5 and 5x4, both of these things, is that there's no great long roll to get through before you can see the results. So I've shot, how many have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. I've taken seven pictures today, and I'm going to be able to develop all of them um, if I get around to developing all of them. That is one of the things I really love about shooting large format. As somebody who struggles to get through a roll of film in any sort of time scale, um, I find it really motivates me to I can just go home and develop them on the day. So I have got two sheets of FOMA, which we said we we're going to do at ISO 200, and then five sheets of this mystery old Delta. Um, we'll see what that's like, bang, crash. My expectations in terms of um, the picture quality uh, are not high. Not that I don't think the camera is capable of taking good pictures, but with this kind of camera, um, whether it's the snapshot or the OG or anything else where you're putting your own lens on the front and making it work like that, uh, you need to get to know the camera. Um, you need to get used to how where the focal lengths, where the um, focusing is and get a feel for the framing and all of that. And I haven't done that today. And I used kind of rough guidelines that Steve gave me. Um, but... I'm just taking all of that on faith. There were a few times I took a couple of shots where I did take off the cover on the glass, uh, the um, ground glass screen, and try and look through that, kind of shade that, so I could kind of get a bit better focus. Um, because I was using f/8 for most of the lesser shots because it was so dull, and that's going to give me a really shallow depth of field, relatively speaking. Um, so, yeah, I'm not expecting great things from these pictures. Also, with the exception of the two sheets of FOMA, the film is a completely unknown quantity. Uh, so really, this isn't about testing the that side of things. It's just to kind of get a bit of a feel for it today. Um, and also, it's just a good excuse to get out and play with something. Um, I haven't shot... Have I shot any 4x5 yet this year? Uh, I don't think I have, because a lot of this year so far has been super windy. Uh, which is not an ideal time for getting out with a lightweight camera on a tripod with a cape over your head. Those things don't go well together. Um, 
so I haven't shot any 4x5 this year until today. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed the experience of using the snapshot. Uh, I don't have a camera like the snapshot. I didn't get the OG last year um, because I'd already bought my Intrepid camera and I, and it would it would be lovely to have a camera like the snapshot or the OG or something like that to for, for those occasions when I want to be able to just grab something and go but um, as at the moment you know you can't afford to have every camera you don't have room to have every camera I don't have the lenses for every camera either um, at the moment you know it, it's something that was fun to play with but maybe doesn't fit perfectly into my shooting style um, I do think that it offers a fantastic way to get into shooting 4x5. Um, this weekend, Steve's doing, I think, 10% off, which means that the camera is £175. Now, I paid £175 for Ronald, Ronald, my monorail camera. Uh, Ronald is massive and heavy, really, really heavy. You know, he was designed to be used in the studio. And so I bought him, uh, what, three years ago, I guess, more than three years ago, nearly four years ago now, um, I bought him and I barely used him because he was so impractical. Uh, I I took a few pictures around the house, did a few still lifes, but um, after that, what was I going to do? I, I took him out a couple of times, but it was just a real mission. Um, whereas with this, you can get in and get something you can just have a go at and find out where the 4x5 is for you. Um, one of the worries that I had before getting into 4x5 was this it's going to be too expensive. It's an expensive, it's, as with everything, you step up and the cost will all go up. Um, and that certain parts of that are inevitably true. But I don't, I haven't found it to be as bad as I expected. The fact that I've been doing it indicates it clearly can't be terrible because everybody knows. <laughs> I don't have any money to throw around on this stuff. Um, so if you can get a camera cheaply, which these days you can, you're off to a great start. So you've got things like the Snapshot and the OG, and you've got um, things like Intrepid cameras and Chrome's other live cameras, which are um, offer you ways to get into shooting 4x5, which are not going to cost you a fortune. Uh, the film itself... There's some cheap film out there to be had. Um, I I shot mostly foam at this last year. It's not terribly expensive. Um, you know, it's not dirt cheap, but to learn on, it's great and it's an economical way of doing it. Um, developing it is one of the more um, awkward parts because you do need to have the right kit for that. So. Uh, there's a number of ways of doing it. Um, the ways that I have had any, well, the only way that I've had direct experience of is using my Patterson Orbital Color Print Processor. So I'm sure I've talked about this before, but this is a um, daylight developing tank that was designed to be used for developing color prints. Um, so it's like, a, essentially it's like a, uh, darkroom tray, a black darkroom tray um, with little things in to keep four 6x4 prints separate or um, one 8x10 print and it has a lid that goes on it like an ordinary Patson tank but it just clicks on down there and then it's light safe and I had to do a few minor mods just to make it work with film rather than with print um, but it's so easy so I can do two uh, now I can do four prints at a time in there um doesn't use that much chemical and it's unbelievably easy to load 
I was lucky enough to get one of these when I bought my enlarger years ago. Didn't even know what it was and it just sat there doing nothing for a long time. Um, if you haven't got one of these, can't get hold of one cheaply, then obviously the things like the 5x4 mod, which goes inside a three-reel Patterson tank, um, people seem to find those pretty good, generally speaking. Some people use the, um, I can't remember, the, but the Stearman Press tanks, I believe is the correct name, uh, where they kind of having those. People again seem to like those. I've got no experience with those. Um, but you can pick stuff up to do it relatively inexpensively, or you can trade develop it. Uh, you need a dark room, or a room you can make totally dark to do that, um, and then you just trade develop it as you would with paper, but without a red light on. So there again, there are ways you can do this and not absolutely break the bank. I would say it's better to get a way that isn't too Heath Robinson. Uh, the, I know a few people have tried the taco method where you kind of fold it into a vaguely taco shape and put it inside a uh, elf, um, a Patterson tank. But I don't think the results from, from people I've spoken to are consistently satisfying or even ever satisfying um, because it's a big sheet of film. So if a bit is up against the side or something like that, it's not undeveloped properly. I had enough problems with that getting my orbital developing tank working properly. Anyway, I'm going to get this roll of film. Nope, I'm going to get these sheets of film developed now and um, I'll let you know how they come out. I think <laughs> I think the Delta in particular could be interesting. Well, it's the end of my day's adventures. I have some negatives. It worked, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, but, you know, like I said, generally speaking, 4x5, it works more times than it doesn't. I'm not saying they're great, but it definitely worked. Um, a few things as expected. The framing in some of them was not quite what I thought it was going to be. Um, so that's just one of those things. As I said earlier, I think I just need to spend more time getting used to how the camera's going to frame things up. Uh, maybe try using the um, viewfinder in a different position. So at the moment, the view because there's three hot shoes, no, there's three cold shoes on top of the camera. Um, and at the moment, the viewfinder is positioned in the left-hand one. Maybe I might find I get on better with it if it's positioned in the central one, um, or maybe I just need to get more used to using it. Um, so that was that. Bizarrely, the focusing, not bizarrely, I'm clearly just very talented. <laughs> the focusing looks like it's not bad at all. Um, I thought I thought it would look worse uh, than it did. Um, and obviously I haven't scanned them and blown them up yet. So critical focus is you know, probably a different issue, but they all look at least within the right ballpark, which is great. Um, the FOMA film looks very nice. It looks pretty good. I mean, it looks pretty good considering I just, I decided to just throw it in at whatever time the Delta came up. I was like, oh, that'll be close enough. And it was, I mean, I did look first to see if it would be vaguely close enough, which is difficult because, you know, there are actually very good times on the massive dev chart on, well, on the um, film dev app for uh, FOMA and HC110, which is weird if I'm 100. So, um, but anyway, I looked up what they compared to and it seemed that they would be about right. So I just did that and those, neg those, yeah, those negatives have come out looking quite nice. The Delta, hmm, uh, not great. Very thin negatives. Some of the emotion is definitely starting to peel off on the sides. Um, only one picture that went sideways. Uh, and that was the picture that I took of the semi-submerged BMW. And I don't know what I've done with that one. Um, it's 
just kind of weird. Uh, there's a very big dark patch across a big chunk of it and it seems like there's a lot of movement in there and I'm wondering or I was certainly was wondering whether part of the problem was I was uh, trying to cock the shutter whilst the plunger had locked itself down. Anyone who's ever used a re uh, cable release, I, you must have come across this thing. If they've got one of those locking collars, they can be a real pain in the neck. They lock when you don't want them to lock. So I don't know whether that maybe triggered the shutter to open very briefly a couple of times. I don't know. It's weird. I might try and flip it to see if I can get a bit of um, look at what actually happened. But yeah, that one didn't come out. So I might have to go back and take another picture of that car tomorrow <laughs> just with something just because it's too cool not to get a picture of it. Um, but other than that, they all came out reasonably well uh, if a little thin in some cases. Uh, they're all hanging up to dry at the moment um, and haven't got a, still haven't got a good way of digitizing them. So I might just make some contact prints of them tomorrow morning if I get a chance to. Um, but yeah, that's my first day's experience with the snapshot. And I really enjoyed using it. Um, I think the the most telling thing about it is uh, I went to one of my go-to places, which is Bampton Church. I've recorded there before, and um, it's a frequent place to go to. Just because it's oh, it's a nice church. It's easy to get some shots there, and I'll, I, I, that's all I was after. Just some test shots. Um, and I took three pictures there in the time that it would taken me to set up to take one using a field camera. Uh, and that's the beauty of a camera like this. Um, you can just get out and get some great shots. Well, you can get some shots and uh, I move on and go. Uh, tomorrow I am doing a, and I don't know how I got talked into this because I don't think it's a very good idea. But anyway, I'm doing a um, live broadcast, a live YouTube broadcast. This is on the 15th of March, if you're listening to this. A live YouTube broadcast uh, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, UK time, with Paul Mackay over at the Analog Wonderland headquarters. Um, I think it's going to be absolute chaos there, but one of the things that we talked about doing was shooting and developing and scanning in pictures on the go just like we're going to do this you're going to do it in an hour i'm not sure paul's really thought this through but that was his plan um i might take the chroma and try and do some uh shots on tripods maybe try and do some portraits not really a great idea with 90 mil lens but you know i'll give it a good close try and try using it like that um just to see what the results are like from that um but anyway, it's been a really fun day. If you are listening to this over the weekend, uh, do make the most of this 10% um, discount that Steve's got running uh, because I, I think it's a really cracking camera. Um, there was, a, well, I never had any doubts that the build quality wouldn't be great and it is. There's, there's no signs of any light leaks or anything like that going on with it. It's an incredibly well-built camera and it feels incredibly well-built. Um, it's a quality piece of kit. Anyway, I hope this little snapshot of the snapshot has been uh, interesting um maybe useful who knows who dares to dream um we will be back again soon with who knows what i think it's gonna be a chaotic week programming wise but take care listeners bye